0: Welcome to episode 872 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, December 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Hot stove! It's percolating. It's it's starting to get up there. Uh, we got a big move last night, a sizable move earlier in the day. So a couple, couple big things on a Monday setting us up for Tuesday's show. I like that. We'll get into some third base action as well. Let's dive right in. Big trade. Lance Lynn to the White Sox for Dane Dunning and a prospect named Avery Weems. Obviously, the two major leaguers in question are uh, are the big news here. And, of course, uh, Lynn going to a contender is uh, is huge. You know, there's not a ton of pitching out on the market. The, the, it's, it's Bauer and then definitely a drop or two down. Handful of guys, two of whom were QO'd, Stroman and, and Gosman really cutting leg out from under this pool. So, you know, what, do you, what are you going to do to get your pitching situated? Well, you can make a trade like this. You can trade for someone who's really turned into an established stud. Uh, trade away your your 26-year-old prospect who worked his way through TJ, had a nice little debut. Uh, still has six years of of team control for the Rangers, so this looks like an excellent win win deal here. Uh, let's focus on Lynn to the White Sox. You got Julio Lynn, Keuchel, Cease, Kopech now as your top five. You don't have to rely on Reynaldo Lopez. Maybe that ship has finally sailed as mm-hmm. it should. As as the the king. Not president King. I'm the king of the Reynaldo Lopez fan club. You don't want to be king of that though, right? You know, it's like being king of some failed nation. Um, But as the king, I'm even saying it's over. So that that five setting up as is that works. And G and Lin as a one-two punch. I think that's really nice. You know, Lin's a little bit older, but what do you think of this move over to Chicago? He doesn't like he's breaking down at all right now.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I love this move for both sides, um, but I really love it for Chicago, who uh needed to add something to their rotation and, and may still. I mean, we have no idea yeah. what Michael Kopeck's situation is gonna be coming in, you know. I mean he hasn't pitched since his T J. There's been rumors about him not really uh wanting to put as much effort into baseball as maybe uh you would need from a top tier prospect. So um, Oh really? Yeah. Oh you hadn't heard these stories?
0: I had so, not.
1: Uh, like you know, Michael Kopak's going pretty high in drafts I mean, you know, for a guy yeah. who didn't pitch at all and is coming off TJ, so uh he's a straight avoid for me. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them go and get another piece for this rotation. But now you've got you know that top three of Gilito, Keichel, and Lynn uh, and then if you can get anything out of
0: Cease, and maybe you go back and get a Gio Gonzalez See, type. I was going to say like you know Cease isn't a guarantee either, and I'm 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 pro Cease. Uh, I was very pro coming into 20, hoping we would get a full season, and he showed like little instances here. It was only 58 innings, still gave up way too many homers. Had a 401 ERA, but it's fraudulent as hell. Because of the strikeouts plummeting, the walks staying too high, and the home, like so, don't put anything into that ERA for Cease. He is still just twenty five though. There is still hope. But there's the two young guns there with Cease and Kopeck. I got a little bit of question about both. So I agree with you, Crochet Getting back too. into the market. Pardon me.
1: Garrett Crochet, like he made his oh, debut yeah. too, so he could be in this rotation as well.
0: But I think he would have to go back to the minors to work, and I, I don't think he could start the season in the rotation. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's um, mid-year reinforcements, so. So, I think, you mentioned a name, I think a little tick above Gio Gonzalez. A little reunion with Jose Quintana. Ooh, that'd be fun. Might be the way to go. I mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think there's still a little gas in the tank. I'm, I like Quintana. I, I always have his breakout with the White Sox. He just became that steady Eddie, and nobody really uh, inflated his draft price. Remember when he was like 200 in the bank? 200 innings in the bank of just quality work. Um, you know, he's fallen off a bit recently with the Cubs. He's really kind of moved into like that that four territory, that four starter. But that's all they need from him. Like, forget the fantasy impact. He would fit nicely there uh, with what you're saying uh, with Kopech having some issues as far as motivation and Cease being far from a guarantee. As far as Lynn, always solid. You know, talk about like that steady workhorse with St. Louis. Uh, goes to Texas. Remember on that three-year deal, it was coming on the heels of a weird season where he was bad with Minnesota but then had that late-season trade to the Yankees and quietly dominated. Now, 414 ERA, well, not dominated, 217 fit. The skills had transformed right before our eyes uh, with the the strikeouts. Texas signs him to a three-year, $30 million deal, which was derided a bit at the time that I oh, listen, I'm here to say I never saw this coming, what he did with Texas, but I thought it, I thought it weird that it was kind of chuckled at a little bit like a three year deal for Lance. Dude, It's 10 mil. It's 10 mil. And he's a workhorse. Turns out he's been a stud. He's I mean, he's been a front liner for them with Texas 357 ERA 117 whip. Three hundred and thirty five strikeouts and eighty four walks and two hundred and ninety two and a third innings. He will be thirty-four, but do you see anything to like worry about? You know, like I said, he hasn't really shown any signs of breaking down. Do you have any concerns here with Lynn in Chicago? I mean, I have a few concerns. And I, I mean I want to Are they just standard age related or are they Lynn related in in any way?
1: A little of both. I mean, okay, you know, ahead. he he is thirty four, gonna be thirty four coming into the Here's season. It. Um, I'm actually 36, which is sad to me, Um, but, uh, the homer rate last year was, uh, really jumped and I know it's a short sample, so we can't read too too much into it, but leaving Texas where the park really played really well for pitchers, um, and having that home run rate, that kind of just... Clearly didn't play that well for Lynn. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... Now going to Chicago where where it's you know supposed you know supposedly more hitter friendly might be um a little scary. That being said, I I do believe that we may get another season in which you know Central plays Central. Uh, and getting to move into the Central I, would be awesome for Lance Lane. Oh,
0: that wouldn't even be fair, man. Yeah. Come on.
1: I have him as a top ten pitcher. So like as much as there are some things to be concerned. Uh, I still have him in my top ten. I do believe in his skills uh, and the skill changes that he's made over the last few years, uh, and I would have no problem drafting him as my my number one. But I haven't had to in drafts. Like I've gotten him as my that's number two, and that's yep. that's totally Lynn, cool, with me.
0: You can get Lynn as a two. Would you feel better? And I, and I don't quite have him top ten, but I'm I'm. Um, there, And I need to update my rankings because uh, I did my fantasy black book profiles and totally changed things around mm-hmm. You know, with my rankings. Um, I have a 15. He might move up a tick or two for Lynn. Would you feel better if I told you that he had a 1-1 homer 9 and then gave up 3 mm-hmm. in a shellacking in his last season against Houston to make it 1-4? And I'm not suggesting that that start does not count. But I think that when one start can move you that much yeah. because it's such a small sample, I don't have any grave home run concerns right now, is what I want to say. Even going to uh, Chicago, which is ostensibly a better park, I really think it was you know a, a couple multi In fact, uh, he really wasn't allowing many homers until about September Um he allowed a homer in every start except one Mm -hmm. and he was still good in fact houston hit five of the 13 homers he gave up so getting away from houston might might help lynn overall though i mean you you still have a pretty glowing uh profile on him here and this just gives them a really strong front line there with giolito lynn they might split him up and go giolito keiko lynn to go Mm -hmm. righty lefty righty but make no mistake their two best are giolito and lynn
1: I mean, Um, his season was thrashed by that last start. Uh, I mean, he gave up, I think, nine earned, uh, ten total runs in that game, the three home runs, like you said. His ERA coming into that
0: game was two fifty three. Would have completely changed the outlook. If anything, that's better for you and I as fans because we get them cheaper as you're talking. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's only two months, if he had a shiny two-and-a-half ERA, you know the reactions would be different. Than when they see oh standard three thirty two. definitely
1: it, I definitely think it had an outcome on the projections because you look at Steamer projecting him for a four twenty seven ERA and you go, mm. Yeah, no, I, I don't see that. Like I, I think no. he's probably mid to low threes type guy, you know, with over strikeout an inning. Um yeah, I, I I like you know, and gonna get a lot of wins now. Moving from Texas to uh, you know an upstart Chicago team that I think really only main hole right now is is the bullpen. You know I think they're gonna and you know if they're the team that gets
0: Hendricks, that's uh, that's gonna be that a... would be nuts mm-hmm. because I actually think their bullpen sneaky. I get what you're saying; they don't it's... have name.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's it is sneaky good, but it's you know I think it, it's like one or two pieces away from being a dominant one. And when you have like, they got Hendricks. That would be just. mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they if they got like, let's say they got, let's say they got Bradley. They don't even need to go and spend the Hendricks money. Go Mm -hmm. get Bradley and put him at the end of that pen, um, either a setup or, or a closer. And you've got a you know a Tigers team that's still rebuilding, a Royals team that's still rebuilding, an Indians team that doesn't seem. Uh, concern necessarily they're, about winning.
0: <laughs> they're trading Lindor. Yeah, they, exactly. Like they have to they have to move him. Um what about what about Brad Hand who also would not command Hendricks' money mm-hmm. but then gives him that lefty to go with Aaron Bummer. Oh I, actually I skipped over Jace Fry. Never mind they got they got a couple lefties. Lefty is not as important. I thought their second lefty was a guy named Bernardo. Well, and Bummer's Torres. a lefty yeah yeah bummer bummer and fry. I I was thinking it was just Bummer mm-hmm. And Flores Jr. No, but I think I think, missed I think they there. go
1: and they get a
0: guy like Bradley. Um, and I, it, honestly, the way they've been going at it, I wouldn't be surprised if they just went for Hendricks. But I think Bradley is a great consolation prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they don't have a ton of money
1: on the books. Like it's not like because um, yeah, they have this youth movement; they're not making money yet. And well, and a lot of you know their youth aren't going to be making the money they would have had they not turned you know, sign long-term deals. I mean, they've got Mm -hmm. Moncada, um, Eloy, Anderson, Anderson, Robert all on, you know, deals. So it's not like, like they have the potential, if they wanted to go out and pick up a few big free agents, you know, and pay them money long-term, it's not like the pieces on their team right now are going to get that much
0: more expensive outside of like Chialito. Yep, yep, yep. To- totally uh, totally see that with the White Sox. They're set up brilliantly. Let's talk about what's going back to the Rangers here. Because like I said, I really, truly see this as a win-win. And those are fun deals. You know, when you feel really good for both clubs, uh, get a little warm and fuzzy about the trade. Dane Dunning going back, you know, he was kind of the forgotten piece of that uh, Adam Eaton-Lucas Giolito deal with the aforementioned Reynaldo Lopez because he was recovering from TJ at the time but he's a first round pick um you know who who was a legit prospect and all that coming out of the University of Florida so like I said with the TJ and being college he's a little bit older at 26 but the Rangers still have him for the full 6 years that he's he's with them until 20 through 2026 so what do we think about Dane Dunning after a nice little debut only 34 innings but uh, 397 ERA 1 12 whip, 35 strikeouts in 34 innings. Uh this is a solid pickup for the Rangers, yeah. I
1: love it. Uh and I think it's it's a really nice fit for him to be able to go to a park like Texas and uh and now he doesn't have to worry about being taken out of the rotation if, you know, th- he struggles a little bit. Texas can give him some leash because they don't have much in that rotation anymore other than my boy Kyle Gibson. Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Do you want to highlight what you said there? Because normally people would say, "Oh, going to Texas. That's terrifying." Yeah, so, what was up with Globe Life, or with the uh, is there a new one called Globe yeah, Life it,
1: as well? Yeah, I, I believe it okay. is Globe Life. Um, okay. So it, what, what's it, up with new Globe Life? It looks like a barn from the outside. Yes. Um, but Absolutely. it is. Uh, it's become a huge pitchers' park uh, to the point where a lot of the hitters on the team have actually complained publicly. Oh, no. <laughs> that and like including like Joey Gallo, like, "Hey, Joey was." This, this sucks. Uh, and so, you know, people, if you're still thinking about Texas as being, you know, a hitter's park that gets really bad in the summer, it's domed. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's it was a really, really nice kind of pitcher haven this season. And uh, that is great for a guy like Dunning, who uh, already has some really interesting skills in terms of, I mean, this was a guy who most of his minor league career was over 50% ground balls. Um. Yeah. What do you think his hard contact percentage was this year?
0: Um, like thirty-eight percent, forty-five percent,
1: not forty-five. Uh, thirty-eight to forty-two percent. Twenty point seven. Damn. You know. I mean. So he limits hard contact. As a ground ball guy too. Yeah. Um, and it's not like he was void of strikeouts either. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, with you a know. good swinging
0: strike rate, eleven percent,
1: mm-hmm. that works. So, like, I there's obviously some injury risk because he did miss a lot of time, you know, with the TJ. Uh, but I think this is a really, really nice deal for Texas as well. I mean, obviously they weren't going to be competing Lance Lindsay in the last year of his deal, uh, and so to get a guy who can who immediately becomes probably their best pitcher, I guess their best starter. Um, Immediately, but you have them for, what, six years? Yeah. yeah. Is, is Let me ask awesome.
0: you. Um, do you think that it behooves teams like the Rangers to trade these guys now, particularly with uh, concerns about, you know, what if we don't get an actual season? Mm-hmm. and And it's more like last year. Uh, or the year we just had, 2020, than a standard year, and that trading guys at the deadline, even with teams in need, becomes more difficult to get, you know, uh, something big for, like, a a month of Lancelot. If we got to that situation, do you think there's any concern there? Or do they just say, you know what, this is is the best deal we're going to get. This is a really sharp deal. Let's go ahead and do this. Uh, How much do you think teams are balancing concern of a a goofy season again versus – Texas really just saying, "Hey, this is a good deal. We're taking it. We don't, we're not worried about waiting till later."
1: I don't think teams. At least I I would hope that teams don't think there isn't going to be a season. They were able to get a season in this last year. Well, um, yeah, not that
0: there wouldn't be a season, but that it would be.
1: I think stunted. I think the concern is there won't be fans in the seats for a lot of games, and so the bottom dollar, that money, uh, yep. is is gonna hurt uh, more than you know, previous season, you know, seasons previous to 2020. Um, I don't think, I think like one of the reasons Lancelin didn't get traded last year was because of the pandemic. I think yes. they would have liked to maximize his value once they realized uh, things weren't going the way maybe they anticipated after they made the Kluber trade and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely think there are teams out there that are going you know, and I think the next team we're going to talk about maybe one of them in terms of the Reds. You know, maybe they're looking. Hey, we just got hurt financially from the pandemic. It doesn't. We don't know if 2021 is going to be that much better. You know, in terms of having fans in the seats, maybe it's a better idea that we don't put a whole bunch of money on our payroll right now, and we 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 use this as a retooling season. Um, or mm-hmm. rebuilding season, so I definitely think. Well, I think it's BS, and you know, you know, you prob I know you agree with me that it's BS that teams are crying poor right now. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see teams go. Well, if it's going to be another shortened season, where variance becomes, you know, a, you know, bigger part of it, uh, if we're not going to be able to make us maximize our profits in the way we have in the past because we don't have fans. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's best that we do cut payroll and retool for a season in which, you know, being a good team has an added benefit
0: of people wanting to come to the park. They're leaning into it. Like, Mm these teams, they know they have an easy excuse to cry for, and they are doing it. And it disgusts me. Well, Um, I, I I understand, like,
1: if you're a fringy team, like, anyways... And you go, listen, maybe we can backdoor our way into the playoffs, you know, um, by spending. Or maybe we can't, maybe it's just a smarter, you know, plan financially to say, you know, I'm going to punt 2021, you know, or punt 2020 and then punt 2021 and hope that by 2022, I've done enough with that punt that I'm in a really good, a much better position when there are fans. Like, I get that aspect of it. I just don't like the whole, oh, uh, like this whole thing that teams are doing now that coronavirus somehow affected their stadium, like like the droplets, like have yeah. caused damage. Like it, it's such a stupid argument, especially when you consider you're the ones who let fans into the stadium when you never should have. Um, yeah, you know, it's so like stuff like that really bothers me. But like I understand like if a team. Not a team like the Reds who we're about to talk about, but other teams where they're like, you know, the Giants, for instance, even though the Giants aren't an example of a team that's necessarily doing this. Like, the Giants aren't going to win the World Series. They weren't going to win it in 2020. They're not going to win it in 2021. And so, like, if they go, you know, maybe it makes more sense to, you know, keep hunting and try to build for 2022 or 2023 when there will be fans. Like, I totally get
0: that, but... Yeah, the whole crying poor stuff is BS. That's the part that really frustrates me uh, with regards to or the way some of these teams are approaching it, including one that you mentioned. We'll, we'll give a quick nod to Avery Weems. I don't know a lot about him. If you do, I will let you I know speak nothing about, him, about but him. Yeah, he is a lefty who was picked in the sixth round of the 2019 draft. He's got some rookie ball experience, during which he was quite good. Uh, but he did not make their prospect list coming into this year for the White Sox. Um, He's got, also an older prospect, too. I was about to say, uh, the, the, uh, the big strikeout rates and everything, 22-year-old at rookie ball, tamps that down a little bit. So just a little throw-in. Honestly, as a one-to-one, I thought it would have been quite good. So to even get a little prospect thrown in, I say good on you, uh, Texas. Well, Well done there to even get that thrown in. Let's move on. You mentioned the Reds. They are making moves. And they're making moves to, like, move on. They traded Rysel Iglesias to the Angels, who are acquiring all the Iglesi, mm-hmm. Um <laughs> For Noe Ramirez and a player to be named later. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. I- I'm going to be honest with you. We're not even going to talk about Noe Ramirez. He's not going to factor in the Reds in any fa- fantasy capacity whatsoever. He's going to be the closer and save 30 games <laughs> now that I said that. But, uh, for Someone's got to close I mean, there. Yeah, but it's going to be Lucas Sims. But anyway, Iglesias goes out to the Angels, a team that, you know, I keep strong tabs on. I want them in the playoffs. So I I, I root for them in a weird way of, like, make good moves, give yeah. us Trout in the playoffs. I like this move. I like getting Iglesias. They've got some. They got a few bullpen pieces, but they can still use help there. I know everyone talks about their starting pitching, but any pitching works as far as improving there. And so I like this Iglesias move. I think some people kind of missed his twenty twenty. By the way, I saw a lot of stuff floating on Twitter like, "Oh, he sucks!" Like during this trade, and I was like, "I guess you missed that." You know, he really settled himself back down in twenty. It's twenty three innings, but he really looked like the Iglesias of several years ago after a major home run issue in 18 and 19 uh he escaped it in 18 he had a a, 238 era despite one and a half homers per nine but then it caught up in 19 when he had a 1.6 mark and a 416 era and like a shit ton of blown saves slash losses he had 12 losses in 2019 but this past year he cut it back down to 0.4 which is in line uh, actually the best of his career of course two-month season but 2.74 ERA, .91 WHIP, 31 strikeouts in 23 innings. Rice Iglesias was a hell of a lot better than what we'd seen the previous two years in terms of raw skills. I like him going out to the Angels here. I think this is a good pickup for them. What do you What do you say?
1: It's a fantastic pickup for them, especially because it doesn't involve a long-term commitment on a reliever. You know, because we've we've seen guys have big years or a few big years, and then they sign that long-term deal, and they're you're not getting your money's worth. So, you know, Iglesias is a free agent after this season, so they can, you know, just use him for this year. If he's great, maybe they QO him for next year. Um, And, you know, they put him on that one-year $18 million deal. Uh, But, I mean, their offense is legit. We've known this for a while, right? So their issues have been in the bullpen uh, and in the starting rotation. And now they've Mm -hmm. just shored up kind of the back end of the bullpen it really hurts my mike myers, uh, myers shares
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it is just myers i i'm oh, I calling him Myers for a while too but it, it is just myers um, um but yeah that that if you were holding on to those i don't think he's going to get yeah, that shot would be a great setup drafts, guy, yeah but Iglesias is going to come in and, and handle that job at mm-hmm. least off the start uh it's nice though again looking at their team context to put myers in more of a Fireman position, and then you can have a glaciers to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they could still use some starting pitching. Mm-hmm. There was a brief rumor, by the way, that that pass-in retracted about them maybe looking at DJ LeMahieu, which they desperately do not need. Yeah. Uh, but no, he retracted. It's not. It's not legit. Okay, it's not legit. So if anyone was wondering if we were going to discuss that, there, there's a discussion. It's not a thing. Where the hell would he play? Second. David Fletcher. You move Fletcher to the outfield, and Joe Adele
1: goes back down to the minors to, you know, learn. Nah, nah. Um,
0: I I don't I don't really see that. If anything, you sign, you sign like a stopgap. Plus Brandon Marsh is on the cusp. Yeah, that's I true. don't know. I, I like Fletcher's infield. Like he could play anywhere. By the way, I think he could be a Gold glover at basically any position. I think he's best used in the infield. It's just excess that they don't need. If you were going to have that money to pony up for LeMahieu, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that means you should automatically get Bauer uh, instead, but what it does mean to me is uh, don't use that money on LeMahieu. Use that on, like, two starters Mm -hmm. um, instead. What I think they should do is buy one of the rebuilds in Kluber or Paxton, one of the could-be aces. Mm -hmm. Paxton By would one be of so them at a discount, there. pardon me. Paxton would be so sweet there. I, I think I think either would 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 be sharp because they're not going to cost you nearly as much, mm-hmm. and um, you're getting them. You know, so you're getting them on the on the downside there as far as price, and they could pan out. And you don't even need them to be the ace. You got Bundy and Heaney at the at the front end there. I think one of them, and then like a, a way down type of guy like. Um, you know, Shoemaker, who's been there before, of course. But Maybe you like you really want to add
1: guys who have been injury issue guys to a rotation that is filled with injury issue guys. Like to me, um, go that's, get, that's
0: what you're gonna have to approach it. There's not enough high end. Go get First, every. Go get Tanaka.
1: Injured. Like
0: I, I like Tanaka. I have no problem with that. That would be fine. But as far as money goes, I don't know what their money situation is. You get more bang for your buck by buying.
1: They got plenty. I mean, I think I think this is going to be a team not like the Mets, because I don't think anybody's going to be like the Mets, but I think this is a team that could really get involved. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if Adam Wainwright would play in L.A. Like, Adam Wainwright would be an interesting I guy. I think there. St. Louis
0: going to keep, keep their two vets I don't in know, man.
1: St. Louis doesn't seem real keen on... Um, keeping anybody I was actually thinking Wright in chicago for the white sox would be really interesting um he's basically right-handed
0: Keiko they're you know yeah. they're like two extra managers too
1: so but I mean Paxson would be Paxson would be like that'd be kind of the perfect fit if you if they were comfortable about comfortable about his medicals i mean obviously Bauer would be amazing but I just don't know i mean they do have a crap ton of money coming off the books next year but yeah, with
0: yeah. Uh, with Poulos going away, we yeah, have and then uh, and Upton. I believe Upton,
1: too. Upton. I think comes off the next year in twenty twenty
0: three. You know, it's just hard. You know, they the pinned all their hopes on on Cole last year, and that didn't come through. But they had a great consolation with Rendon. I know it wasn't pitching, but I still really liked that move. They're gonna have similar things with Bauer this year, but I think the consolation has to be still in the pitching market. And you know. I don't know. I think you can get multiples if you go the mid tier slash reclamation range, uh, if Bauer doesn't come through. I love Tanaka, so you don't even have to sell me on like that that would work. I think that would be fine. Go Heaney, Tanaka, Bundy at the top there and then kind of work it out. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're on the right track so far with their offseason. We'll see how the Angels continue to to work it. As far as the Reds go, you you know, you kinda hinted at them like Moving pieces off. We talked about the Bradley non tender. Now uh, Iglesias traded, and Michael Lorenzen shifting to the rotation. That's three big pieces out of their bullpen. I like their bullpen. I think it's got mm-hmm. a lot of good pieces, but three of the pieces gone. Yeah. So now you're looking at Lucas Sims, Amir Garrett, TJ Antone as their top three guys. I like. I absolutely mm-hmm. like. But they really cut a leg out from that depth. What is? uh cincinnati doing you think they're really peeling back or are they are they saving some of this bullpen money to bring back bauer like
1: i don't know there's been possible? talk that they might trade or they're looking to, to move sunny gray too like uh, this uh, okay. may be and then, then they're really peeling back yeah this may be one of those situations where they go well we took our run at it in 2020 and things did not go the way uh, we expected them to, and so now we're just going to shed money. Or it may just be, hey, we're, we're working on you know, kind of a soft cap right now because of COVID, and mm-hmm. if we do want to take our run at power, um, then this is the way we have to do it in terms of just shedding as much money that we can shed because it can't shed the auto contract um, or any of the uh, newer contracts off the books. <sighs> I mean, I think we'll know pretty quick here. I think they'll be a team that, if they are looking to make moves, um, they're going to make them. We'll have some more indications. So, if they Mm -hmm. keep jettisoning uh, people off their roster, I think that's a sign of maybe they're not buyers, um, which would be a huge bummer because this was the beginning of a really
0: fun team. Yeah. And, like, they... They gave it a two month season and then mm-hmm. said, psych. Like, I was so keen on them coming into the year. They did not perform uh, to, to the expectations that a lot had, myself included. They made the playoffs, you know, the over 500, but the offense greatly underperformed. I thought they'd run it back this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even if they didn't get Bauer, you know, if, if they had to let him go because of money, but then replaced him with, you know, with the aforementioned Tanaka, or even they don't a even cut need to replace
1: him, really because I mean they've got they, they, they wouldn't have to. Yeah, you um, know, Molly took that step forward. Lorenzin, I think, has some real interesting skills that could translate
0: well. They still have Descalfani, yeah. who's not in this rotation, um, but a worthy sixth man if he can figure. Like he's shown flashes, mm-hmm. so if he can figure anything out, there is still wait. Do they have Descalfani? I'm not seeing him on their roster, so maybe yeah, not. I'm not maybe, either. Maybe, maybe he's a free agent.
1: Uh, yeah, he is. Oh, wow. Free agent not, track that's an fun. interesting free agent for a team that, you know...
0: Is he... Um, Was he non-tender?
1: I don't know. Or did he already... I up? can't imagine he's been
0: through his arbitration and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, know, has been talking about him for like a decade. <laughs> well, you I know, mean...
1: So. It, I mean, he's... He, yeah, no, he... he, he no, he came went through up, it. Yeah, he came up in Standard 2014, so... Uh, like did not put
0: a, up a good season going into free agency.
1: He did not, but I mean, we, we wipe away a lot for a lot of guys, and you know, sure. I mean, what's his bi- his biggest issue before last Palmer's. season? Is homers. and getting out of Great America Ballpark could just be you know some of the medicine. It's not going to solve all the problems, but some of the medicine uh, or some of the issues that uh, that caused him to uh, really struggle. So, I mean, yeah, you put him uh, in a place on a one-year deal, um, like Chicago, you know, uh, that would be really interesting.
0: I wouldn't be upset if the Tigers signed him. Yeah. I mean, 31, you know, he's not super young, but he's not old either. And take a shot. Plus, you know, if, uh. If he keeps the ball in the center in the center field area, they're not leaving the park. That park's impossible. They don't run the center field in. So yeah, we'll see how that goes with Cincinnati. Let's talk a little bit of third base here, get into the beginning portion of third base. and and we'll start at the very top, obviously. We, you know, we're not gonna go uh, reverse order here. Actually, I'm looking at the clock here. we're gonna we're gonna cut this list in half that we're discussing, but let's start with Jose Ramirez. He's the only first rounder. And then there's a little bit of a gap into a big group. But Jose Ramirez is at eight. He's back in the first round firmly. He was out of his mind. He went nuclear there for a while to the point where very much a viable MVP candidate with Jose Abreu. He ends up finishing second. 17 homers, 10 steals, 292, 386, 607. Remember, he kind of got back on track in the second half of 19 after the dreadful start. Uh, And then injury derailed that though. He had 16 homers and six steals in 44 games in the second half of, of 19 with a 327, 365, 739 line. So you add it up now. It's like 112 games of back to being the elite Jose Ramirez. I think we're out of the woods as far as whatever that awful run was uh, that we saw there. How do you feel about Jose Ramirez as a firm first-rounder? Are you, are you back in at, on the 28-year-old? Yeah, I
1: am. And he's one of those guys, like I've talked about all throughout kind of this offseason, that there's really eight or nine guys to me, and then there's a drop-off. And so I have been positioning myself with KDS uh, in leagues that allowed me to do KDS uh, kind of at that
0: 8-9 spot for the most part. KDS is... Kentucky Kentucky Derby style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I draw your name out of the hat first. You don't. You don't have first pick. You have the choice. choice yeah. And if you don't want first pick, and so on and so forth, and that comes from being able to pick your spot in the Kentucky Derby, which, which, um, uh, what, what's it called? What do what they call those uh, that you come horse, out of the gate? Races? Which gate you come out of? Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the... horse race. moron. <laughs> uh, yeah, which gate you come out of? A horse race. Yeah, I know that. Anyway, you're in on Ramirez as one of those top. I am eight, right? Okay. Yeah,
1: I mean the average can be fluky uh, a little bit, but I mean you're pretty much penciling in a 2020 with the upside of potentially getting that 2018 season where he went 39, 34, um, and uh, yeah, it, it sucks that Lindor is not going to be there for the added runs or RBIs, depending on you know which he, where each one is batting. On any given night, but uh, there's no reason to think that he can't at least deliver premium, you know, stolen bases and a pretty darn good homer total, uh, and some nice uh, accounting stats go with it. So, I think he's, you know, I mean, here's here's the thing too is, you know, he's what eighth player off the board.
0: The next third baseman is Manny Machado at 21. Yeah, so it is a big jump down, but then there is a big cluster, and we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. There are seven guys that go twenty-one through fifty-six. Uh, we're we're going to jump in here on on three of them. But and I, then, I uh, mentioned then, I mentioned that just because, or four of them. Excuse me. There's
1: a lot of shortstops in that twenty uh, top twenty. Yes, And there So are. I think some people prefer guys like Tatis or Trey Turner or Trevor Story because. They're so premium at what is historically a bad position, but short isn't a bad position, especially at the top anymore. Um, And third, third's not a bad position either, but there is a big drop off from Jose Ramirez to the rest of the field.
0: Yeah, there's not that that you know as premium of talent, but there's still a lot of talent at third. I still like a lot of what's going on, and we're going to get into a lot of it on Thursday. But you mentioned Machado at 21, rebounding, right? Because Machado had fallen out of favor a little bit. I know for me specifically, I, I was kind of keyed in on the fact that he hadn't really done anything outside of Camden. If, if you really broke down his Camden versus non-Camden, whether it was with the Dodgers or his first year with the Padres, it was really starting to look like he's going to be a good but not great type of guy. Like, no one's crying about 32 homers Five steals in a 256, which is what he delivered in 156 games back in '19 for Machado. Like that, that's fine. That's going to get you where you need to be, and you're, you're going to feel solid about that. We saw the the return of prime Machado, like the the best of Machado, including, and he's been he's been known to do this every once in a while, a little speed burst. He had six. Six in 60 games compared to five in 156 games. Also came with 16 homers, 304, 375, 580. He was excellent. Now, would that just be his best two months, and then he would have smoothed out to what we saw more in 19? Or was it Machado being back? Where do you come out on Machado right now? Because I'm not going to lie. I'm not completely back in. I'm still a little, like, I think, I bet I can find a 60-game run similar to this from 19 meaning i don't know that he's quote-unquote back what where, where, where do you come out with machado i think
1: i'm back in um, Okay, and it, you know one of the things that i you know and i'll be honest i mean anybody who was listening to the podcast last year uh coming into the season i really fence sat on machado it was a you know i really didn't know what to expect but I, I saw all the things that you were talking about in terms of, you know, he was really great at Camden and not great anywhere else, but I, I also, you know, still saw the talent there and moving to San Diego uh, was, I, I felt like could be a really big deal because of the way they like to run. I mean, part of the issue with the lack of running uh, for Machado wasn't so much him, but it was an obvious organizational move. Where they mm-hmm. were, I mean, I think I want to say like one year they stole 16 bases as a team. Like, they just weren't running. Um, they flipped that script, though, right? They were one of the biggest running teams this year. Yeah. No, they weren't. They, they, they only oh, st- they weren't. They stole 19 bases, which was tied for 24th with two other teams.
0: Wait, I think San Diego ran more. No, no, time? no.
1: Sorry, sorry. No, I was talking about the Orioles.
0: Oh, the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, oh, yeah when he was yeah, with yeah, the yeah, Orioles. Yeah.
1: But the yeah, Padres yeah. have been a team that pushed on the base path. They're, yeah, they're the number one stolen base team. Sorry,
0: sorry, I the misunderstood league. there. Okay. Yeah, the Orioles okay. mm-hmm. have had comically low, especially under the Showalter regime. Mm-hmm. But you it's know, continued. Yeah, on, and, and yeah, they've kept that. Go- well, because now they're uh, Houston run. It's an offshoot, like Mike, Mike Elias, and we know Houston doesn't run because they know it's it's inefficient unless you've got that great, you know, seventy five plus uh, percent success rate most guys don't get to run. San Diego pushes it on the bases, yeah. though. And all of a sudden, here we go. He he attempted nine steals mm-hmm. um, in, in just 60 games. So that's really nice for Machado. And like I said, 16 homers, great slash line. I, I get that there's a lot to like. I, like I said, I'm just... I'm, I'm a little bit more back in. I'm just not all the way back in. But why no, aren't that, you all I'll, the way I'll back it. in? Because he's going to hit... Because it's like... only two months. And um okay I, I i'm just looking at the month to month but he had an 11 homer 10 64 ops in june 25 games i feel like i can find 35 games on the front and back end of that to smash it together for a 60 game run that looks similar to this yeah i and, mean and we, and we know what happened in 19 so so why is he back and why isn't it just a two-month hot run for Machado?
1: I get what you're saying, but man, just like you know, exit velocity, hard hit percentage, uh, barrel percentage, all kind of in the 70 percentiles, like above average on a team that is pretty stacked around him. Especially if you believe in the uh, the Eric Hosmer uh, breakout, which mm-hmm. I tend to kind of uh, I believe in uh, enough. I, don't I guess the credence to... of that. Yeah, yeah. like I I'm not I'm not gonna say. He... I'm not going to say it's, like, for sure that he keeps all the games that he made last year.
0: Um, yeah, but he changed strategy, mm-hmm. and that's what gives it some believability that has you and I at least giving Hosmer a little credit when This I've lineup been... is amazing. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, it's hot. And it's so, hot. like, even if there is a little bit of regression, uh, because you know, off of the 60-game the sample, like, it's still going to look really, really good. You know, because he's you know, I mean he's gonna be a hundred hundred guy in terms of runs and RBIs, thirty home runs, and then it's just what are the stolen bases, but considering where he's going, um, like that's that's fine for me.
0: Yeah, I mean that like what if okay, if you got nineteen, if you got his twenty nineteen season out of pick twenty one, how would you feel?
1: I mean, you're obviously not going to feel. Well, no, I mean, I think it'll be, you know, would it, you know, it's not necessarily what you paid for, but it's, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Like, it's 32 yeah, so homers and five stolen bases. Like, and you make up the batting average. The batting average is where you really want to, like, you know, keep mindful that, okay, like, he's had these years where he's hit 290 or 300, but he's also mm-hmm. had years where he's hit 250. Like, this is. The perfect guy for my punt batting average kind
0: of strategy. When he's he, the front end, he's the star yeah, yeah. Of, of
1: that strategy. Yeah, um, like when and, I write up Machado, that when I write up that article this year, which I'm sure I will for the Friends of Fantasy Benefits uh, draft guide. Like Machado will be the example.
0: Yeah, like he he, you know, cuz for that strategy you need some front end guys too and he can be that guy who could spike you a 3 a 3 hundo mm-hmm. or be more in the 250 range and 250 does not kill you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it wouldn't be what you wanted uh, if you got the 19 but it wouldn't it wouldn't ruin your season. That you know, we always say like you wouldn't be able to blame your season on Machado. i have drafted Machado and he, and he only put up 2019 stats and that's why I lost my my O league. You'd be like, "No, you're getting a pretty good, pretty good base there. Um, I mean, who's safer, and, really? Like, I mean, going in the same. Me? S- who's safer? What was the question?
1: Who's sa- uh, like going in the same area? I mean, other than maybe you say DJ LeMayhew, but like he's Arenado, super. You know, Arenado's coming off his own issues, and what if he's out of Colorado? Like.
0: Well, I mean, if he's out of Colorado, that's one thing, but I put virtually no stock into the I I do too. And I mean I, I like I'm not him. concerned about him. But but no, I think uh if you want to talk about safety like
1: even Bo acknowledging going
0: a pick ahead of him. <laughs> Oh, the the Bichette train is is it, cooking. It. Yeah. If you're not on, I mean you you missed it. Uh, but yeah, you look at uh you look at what Machado's done since since fifteen. A lot of thirty homer seasons. Obviously this one would have was pacing well beyond that, but even if he smooths out, looks like another 30 homer season. It, it, it The floor there is nice. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll grant that. There's a, there's a pretty hot floor there for Machado. I'm just saying, I don't think he's back to superstardom based on the two months. I think you're you're just trusting him to be a really really strong floor foundation and, uh, piece to your team. And there's hard. nothing wrong with
1: that. And honestly, I think if we really look at it, he's always been the superstar. Like even in his down year, like he still like went thirty two five. Like you know, I mean, and we're you know because we're we're then we're we're arguing about counting categories which aren't necessarily, you know the runs and RBIs which aren't necessarily his fault. Um, and then we're talking about batting average, which is can be fluky as hell. So, like I, I mean, he, this is a guy prior to this great twenty twenty. Had hit 32 home runs in each of the five previous seasons. Yeah, at least, and like, and, and that's like, what more are you asking for? Like, I think that I think we're 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 being too like overly harsh on the guy. Now he's clown. So, in of, <laughs> I mean, like, like, what if like you know those six stolen bases now are looking like it's more like
0: fifteen. Yeah, what like, if it's zero though? Okay, he stole twenty in twenty fifteen and then zero the next year. I yeah, don't but want, that I'm, was I'm, on
1: that was on the Orioles that two thousand sixteen. I'm giving
0: him nothing on the steals. Okay, Ugh. you you got me on the rest of it. The steals, you take every steal as a bonus. Which sure, I, I'm not even joking. about. it the way, could be a big bonus, is what I'm saying. Like it, I, I, that's you're right. It could be Christmas bonus comes through like crazy. But he's sixty five percent on the basis with as a Padre. Uh, and so I'm I'm gonna be really don't put them into your projection, okay? Like for uh, on the high end, give them seven for a full season, and if he exceeds that for Machado, you do backflips. But because of the way he's vacillated, oh Shard agrees too. She's curled up into my lap here, and she. <laughs> Actually, she wants me to say that he's going to get 25 steals. I don't agree with her. Uh, but, you know, we've seen his steals bounce around. That's all I'm saying there. You're right. It could be a huge boon because of the way they run. And if they let him to continue to run at a, at a high clip, he could all of a sudden drop 20 again. I mean, he hasn't done it since 15, but it, it's not out of the realm. He's only 28, by the way. He is nine years in the league. And he's only 28. Man, these guys coming up super young. It's 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 really fun because they get this huge track record and they're still, you know, in their in their mid to late 20s. He came up at 19 and that's what you got with Machado. But anyway, good talk there. Um, I don't hate his price. I'm not this is not an anti don't draft him at all. I just don't get quite as warm fuzzies as you do. And so we have a minor disagreement there. Uh, LeMahieu, we already discussed uh, both positions. Really, I think we were supposed to skip him over at second base, and we still gave him some love, mainly because he's been—he's uh, a free agent too. So I think that's why he's still getting a lot of our attention. Nolan Arenado down at thirty-four, cheapest he's ever been. Uh, we briefly talked about him. You hinted at—you know—it was a disaster season. There's no two ways around it. I'm not going to pretend that it wasn't. I am going to say that I'm not going crazy on it. Um, but you have to at least look at it. 253, 303, 434 with eight homers. There was a period there. Remember, he got off to a slow start. And then I think he hit homers in like four straight games. And it looked like, okay, here he goes. He's he's ready to be Nolan Arenado again. And it did not happen. It was three straight games. It was after like a, a bad eight-game run. Like it wasn't even anything. But, you know, we were panicking uh, every game felt like three games worth, especially because we were so starved for baseball. So when he has a 512 OPS a week into the season, we're like, oh, God, what's going on? But then homers in three straight games against the Giants, which isn't very hard, by the way. I mean, come on. It's basically softball. Uh, But it did not spur anything. I I really thought it was going to be here goes Nolan Arenado. And from that point on, he had a 724 OPS. Is this the beginning of the end? a blip let's let's keep him in colorado for right now because that contract's going to be difficult to trade i don't really think he's getting traded anyway so let's not worry about if he leaves we'll reassess that completely but if arenado stays at age 30 in colorado how much concern do you have over the ugly 20 and would you pay pick 34 for him
1: um i don't have a ton of concerns i mean he dealt with some injuries uh especially uh you know the ac joint injury which uh, you know, when that shoulder is, you know, bulky and in having problems, it can be really difficult to swing a bat properly. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know this because I deal with AC uh, shoulder injuries all the time.
0: Uh, Jason has shoulder too. We yeah, got, we got bad shoulders. On this. Uh, I got a bad back. We, we're breaking down here on this pod.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, like it's just it's the like that's the worst feeling um that shoulder injury because it's just like you don't realize how much you use your shoulder until it's hurt um, mm-hmm. so and i you just feel kinda, it at every movement yeah like every awkward movement is just is just painful and so i give him a lot of a lot of leeway for 2020 uh i do think he probably spends the year in colorado and then maybe opts out especially if he bounces back yeah uh and I just, I mean, he's just, he's been such a super save commodity. Uh, and you're getting such a really, really nice discount here. I mean, as much as I want to draft in, you know, in the middle for the most part, like I can totally understand, like if you get that two slot, you know, you've got your choice of Acuna, Betts, Tatis, Soto, you know, Trout, or, you know, one of the top pitchers, and then you can get, you know Arenado in the third round after you've you've paired one of those guys with like a Jack Flaherty or um, you know a Luis Castillo S-T-O. or an Ozzy Uh or even I mean like like let's say you did something like you took Acuna or Betts I think Betts is the better example you go Betts Mondesi Arenado oh my God you know and so you've, you know, you've cushioned the floor of. Mondesi with bats and Arenado, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now your offense is
0: just one already. And your steals are strong, mm-hmm. and then you can turn your attention to pitching. Yeah, with Arenado at pick thirty-four, I mean, I I, I end up with shares every year just because mm-hmm. I, 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 I love I love him, man. He's so steady. But now as people start to move away from him. And 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 uh, that sentiment goes where his price comes down. You better believe that I'm gonna I'm gonna have even more. So I, I'm in. I'm I was in stoked and... to get
1: him in the second round of the main event last Me year. Too. And, Me too. Me uh, too. So to be able to now get him in the third round in some leagues. I mean, in his max pick is 47. Oh my goodness. You know. So I mean, like, it's just he's too good of a value in the third round to not pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, I just I unless there's just injury concern that's going to linger that we're not familiar with right now, if he's got a clean bill of health.
1: His strikeout uh, rate was ten percent last year, <laughs> so it's not like
0: he was like showing really bad skills. He was hurt. He yeah, had two forty one babbitt. Yeah, and he was hurt. So I'm fully in on Arenado. So are you. We're big on pre- him. Pre- um, high zone contact rate too. Career high zone contact, Jeez, yeah. 8% swing and strike rate. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's also a career best. Um, Alex Bregman going just a few picks later, 37. Also moving down a little bit. Houston, you know, um, didn't go so well mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a lot of their players fantasy-wise. Altuve, huge bust. Bregman, moderate bust. Um, Craig, I, I, I think Bregman's bust. a huge bust. Dude, he had six home runs. He had two forty two. I guess I was just going off the fact that he still had a one sixteen OPS plus. But yeah, fantasy wise, huge bust. Uh, so yeah, their their infield Altuve, Correa, Bregman, and throwing Gurriel. He's much later pick. Mm-hmm. But their whole infield disaster fantasy wise. Um, Bregman's the highest still as far as uh, ADP goes. Are you buying back in on on Bregman coming off this season? What, what what's your outlook on him now? Age twenty seven. After the miraculous, not miraculous, marvelous 2019 dud 2020, two-month blip or concern ahead?
1: Uh, both, I guess. I mean, it's it's still a two-month blip, and, I mean, he def- he missed some time. Uh, I can't remember what the injury was, but I only played 42 games, so that tells me he missed some time. Because um, I can do math, and 42 is less than 60. Um, <laughs> well, did you hear that
0: they were involved in a scam?
1: I did hear that. Um, okay. That and while, show. like, you know, you mentioned a lot of those guys that really struggled in season um, and for, for people's fantasy teams being, uh, you know, being super disappointing, the whole season for Houston was disappointing until, like, the last three weeks where they went on that tear. Yep. Um, but Bregman wasn't a part of those last three weeks. Bregman's second half, his last 18 games, he hit 197 with two home runs. Like and I mean, and no stolen bases. Like the stolen bases have completely disappeared, and I I think that's mm-hmm. the you know team construct that we were talking about a little bit with Baltimore hamstring played a role there
0: too. By the mm-hmm. way, um, as far as even getting a little a little a little dose mm-hmm. of steals, but that was the injury uh, hamstring.
1: I'm yeah, I'm I'm very. I mean, like he he does make a lot of contacts. so obviously, uh, like I think that he will. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was in 2020. But when we're talking about guys going in his area, like the Arenados of the world, like Xander Bogarts, who like is this really safe uh, guy with a ceiling? Tim Anderson, who's been just unbelievable. Or you're looking at like you know some guys like Eloy or, or Anthony Rendon. Like, there's no way I could take Bregman in the top 50. And he's going thirty six. So, like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just out.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. Like, I'm I'm not doing it. I, it's too difficult, and it's not even that I think he sucks. It's the players around him. Exactly what you mentioned there. That's that's exactly where I'm at with regards to uh, assessing. Bregman and, and whether or not I want him oh who's going around him all these guys that I like so much more okay bye sorry can't do it mm-hmm. and so that's why I really won't have Bregman like the projection for him should be like three steals mm-hmm. so 30 and 100 is great but he's also we never despite all the contact that he makes we have not seen a plus 300 batting average uh, we've seen 284, 286, 296, and then this year's 242 uh, in a non-full season. But he doesn't drive quality batters to really maximize the fact that he never strikes out. Uh, he takes walks. That's great. OBP league makes Bregman a good bit better. Um, and I'm not here to suggest that that 3100 is is bad. But are are we sure he's going to
1: get that 30? Because I mean you look at his stat I feel cast good about that. His stat cast stuff is atrocious from this last year. Um I, I mean, mean this is yeah, this is a, a bad season. I mean I don't know that hard hit percentage, twenty fifth percentile, barreled the ball seventeenth percentile. You know what's
0: interesting is his hard hit rate uh only three points off what it was in twenty nineteen when he had forty one homers. So, is he leaning on the stadium? Like, is that not interesting? does he have a lot of like
1: yeah, medium he, hit
0: homers? He he uh, actually had twenty five t- away in in twenty
1: nineteen. I, I want to say that he uh, is a guy that really uses his. Uh, I remember somebody talking about this recently. Actually, like I mean, look at his look at his pull splits. Pulls the ball forty seven point seven percent of the time. Like he mm-hmm. just tries to get it to a certain part of the park and that's what helps him, you know, get, get those homers. But at some point people, you know, are gonna, I, I think started to in 2020, not letting him pull the ball that way against them. Like, okay, you can take your walk, you know, fine. We'll let you get on base, but we're not, we're not going to put it in. A homer. Yeah. We're not going to put it in that part of the plate where you can pull it. Um, yeah. And
0: that, that is interesting. I'm, I'm surprised by 19 seeing, a 5% barrel rate and a 37% hard hit rate on his stat cast. Uh, those are just kind of unimpressive when you consider that he hit 41 homers. And and so that's interesting for Bregman. Yeah, I, I'm not drafting him. Uh, and and it's not fully on him. It's really more about those around him. But He should be going in the shove.
1: Kevin Biggio, Trent Grisham, Vladimir Guerrero... Air, your luke Voigt area and 20 he, picks later yeah and he's not like i i would not draft him at his max and i think that says enough yeah which is what by
0: the way what is his max 47 oh yeah i agree with that i agree with that considering somebody that we're going to talk about on thursday mm-hmm. um is right there with him rafael devers and i would rather have devers yep i really would so uh yeah we're going to cut it here uh just just a little taste of third base the first five there uh, we'll get much deeper into it on Thursday, and you know what? I'm, I'm you know what? I'm gonna commit. Unless we get a bunch of moves, we have to talk about out front. We're gonna finish third base on Thursday. Boom. How about that? Boom. So because there's there's a lot of a lot of multi-positional guys that we can skip right through. Muncie. Mm-hmm. can't not talking about him again. Jeff McNeil. You know we're skipping through a bunch of guys. Can, yeah, skip Siscio. So, yes, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna move through. Uh, so get your sleepers prepared too, because I'm I'm going to ask you, and you know, once we get to a certain point there, pick, you know, three fifty or whatever. Who who do you like there? So get get your. Uh, are you going to get mad at me if it's Kevin Keeboom? K- K- Carter Keeboom. I'm oh, sorry, yeah,
1: yeah Carter Keeboom. You don't even know his name. Yeah. because he
0: sucks the so bad. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to get mad. You want to take bad players? That's not no. I I, I, I got on one the
1: outside end. the top six hundred that is not all not the already discussed Eric
0: Gonzalez. Outside the top 600, that is going to be. You never know. Give me a guess it. Give me an AL or NL. NO. American just, that's League. That's all I need. You'll never guess it. Josh Young. No. Nolan Jones. Nope. Uh, is Dead Silence cool while I try to figure yeah. this out? Yeah, no. Jake Lamb. No, we're just Abraham gonna Pearl.
1: we're we're just gonna have to wait till fine. Thursday. It's just gonna yeah. be on Thursday. Teaser. Okay, fine. That's you have to good. listen to the a entire
0: podcast on Thursday. This is that what is we a hell, do in the That business. is a hell of a uh, a sleeper there. Hell of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. So okay, Justin. Great speaking with you. I do want to finish third base on Thursday, but I also want a lot of moves. So if, yes. if we did get, it's the know, virtual winter meetings. Exactly. So so we sh- we should get cool. some movement. I, I don't know. We should get a bunch of Zoom. We should be zooming the podcast just because, in honor of the winter meeting. We could have you ever been no winter meetings, by the way. I have not. I would love to go. Um, you know, maybe maybe when we get back to them, you can take my spot because I I've been. I allowed, would totally like, I, do that. Could have gone, and I just was like, eh, how about not? I, I would. Oh. Yeah, I would totally do it. A second move. Ooh. White Sox sign Adam Eaton. He's back, so they have all the point. Play- well, actually, they they got rid of uh, really? they traded Dane Dunning, but they have the other two players from that deal and the the main guy, Adam Eaton. Interesting. So Passon had just reported, or or at least I I'd seen. I don't know when the tweet was. To be honest, it was uh, attached to a um, uh, aggregator there on one of the um, player pages that said they're out on Springer. Well, now we know why because they weren't going for Springer. They're going to get Adam Eaton, get a little bit of a smaller move, but still a high-impact move here. Let's talk about this real quick before we get out. Adam Eaton to the White Sox. Uh, I love this move. Now, what it does, unfortunately, is it might sting another Adam that uh, I started to get a little interest in, Adam Engel. But actually, I'm looking at it right now. Lurie Garcia and Adam Engel were penciled in, so Adam Eaton can take one of those. It could be double Adams, Right. And with with Lou Bob in the in the middle, um, yeah, yeah, because Eloy's DH. Okay, cool, because Edwin's gone. So this doesn't necessarily cut out Adam Engel. What do you think of Adam Eaton?
1: I think this is a fantastic move for both him and for his fantasy value. I mean, he he's gonna bat at the bottom of this lineup. That's you know, I, I would be very surprised. I mean, I guess they could no, put,
0: no, no, no. put he's him bat in the two one or two. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he'll get an opportunity. I don't think Nick Madrigal is taking that spot.
1: Yeah, and we don't know what Nick, Nick Madrigal's health situation is going to be, coming off like all the issues with the shoulder and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, he could bat second in this lineup. Which, if he's batting second or even first, like that's a ton of run potential. This is he's an a big OBP awesome guy already move. too. Yeah, this is such a fantastic move for for them and for him. Uh, and I, I, I love this.
0: Like we know what he can do there cuz he was there
1: mm-hmm. and uh
0: he's an obp guy he's coming off a dud season 41 is games
1: 4 30
0: he's forgotten dude because yeah. of, because of the dud season he had he's going to 100 OPS. and still be a value agreed agreed so uh yeah that's adam Eaton, a uh, little power speed guy he's been 15 15 14 14 14 18 injury is a concern but that's baked into the price so let's not uh, let's not get too hung up on on that that's why you're getting him so cheaply. Good move by the White Sox. I really like dude. Their offseason has been great. Prior so to
1: twenty twenty, the last time he had a season in which hit below two seventy nine was twenty thirteen. And well, now do it for OBP because he's, oh, yeah. he's even I mean, better there. Yeah, I mean his he's his worst OBP from two thousand and fourteen to two thousand nineteen was three sixty one. Oh, my goodness. And so, he, he gets
0: scoring like crazy in, yeah, in Chicago.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, this is just, this is just a really sharp move by the White Sox and, and sharp oh, by him, like to, like, make sure yeah. he's on a team and not forgotten and, um, not having to fight for a role. Um,
0: and a team that can maximize his skills. You know, that yeah. OBP going to translate into runs one year, seven million. Great.
1: Uh, yeah, and then a club a option for
0: eight and a half next year. That's, so if he stays yeah. healthy, they're picking that up all day. I love that. that I mean, that I, is I just really such a smart move. That's why you always refresh trade rumors right before the end of the pod, just in case, especially during the winter. Yeah, no, so, that, that's right, why you're that the best note, in the business. <laughs> Thanks. On that note, we are out. Justin, have a good one. Talk to you in a couple of days. Take it easy.